Hey, what's up, everybody? So I'm sure by now you've seen the news that according to reports, and I should mention that uh, none of these reports have been sourced or validated, but according to the reports out there, uh, the pay-per-view card between Gervonta Davis and Ryan Garcia did north of a million pay-per-view buys. Now, there's some argument about the exact figure. Some reports say 1.2 mil, some say 1.4, some say it's way, way higher than that, some say it's lower than that. Honestly, <clears throat> I don't care. I don't care about bickering over a few hundred thousand pay-per-view buys. Uh, the reality is, I think it's safe to say this did north of a million buys, and I'm good with that figure right there. We could just say this was a million pay-per-view buy uh, a promotion, and that is very, very significant. That means that it was a very successful promotion. I should mention the live gate did very well too. The ticket sales did very well and generated a very successful gate. So this was a successful promotion top to bottom. You can argue whether it was a very good card or whether the main event was a good fight or not. I'm not even here to argue that. I want to look at the actual way that we got here and try to figure out how we can duplicate it again. Because what I see happening right now on Twitter and everywhere else is the typical mental masturbation from the fanagers and the pocket watchers. You know, hey, this means they made 20 million. No, no, they made 40 million. What arguing over money or the typical uh, hype job guys in the media that particularly, you know, they hype up different promotions, you know, depending on who it is. Uh, but the, your typical hype men in the media just talking about the pay-per-view buy rate itself. And they're all mentally masturbating over numbers. But nobody's really asking questions and doing a deep dive, again, as to how we got here and how we duplicate this again, how we keep it going. Because this was very, very important, very, very significant. Two young American, American-born fighters that haven't really proven themselves against elite level opposition, if we're being honest. Now, I talked about this and I got in so much trouble for it, but it's true. Neither one of these fighters, but particularly Ryan Garcia, have not fought elite level opposition. They've never been rated number one in any division. They've never fought the number one, number two, or number three fighter in any division, right? They've never been a, a unified champion or seen as the legitimate champion of a division they've held belts uh, davis has held belts i think garcia's held interim belts and stuff but they've never been seen as the guy right so even though these guys weren't the most proven fighters and maybe the most um established fighters in that regard they still trended and they put together a promotion that broke through to the mainstream that is really significant and important and we need to try to understand how we got here so Right now, the, a lot of the media guys, the hype men in the media, they are talking all about Javante Davis, which I understand. He won the fight, obviously. He won big. It was decisive, right? Uh, which hit his stock definitely rose in this promotion and with the fight result. Ryan Garcia's stock probably took a hit. It probably took a hit here because of the way uh, he fought and a lot of people felt he quit in the ring. You know, I don't like that word, but... That's a semantics thing. Anyway, um, for both of these guys going forward, the question is, 
Can they duplicate this sort of business again in the future? And who would they have to fight to do that? So I'll get to that in a second. But a lot of the guys in the media, again, focusing only on Gervonta and are talking about, I saw a couple of headlines, I think IFL, ESPN, just those kinds of outlets saying things like, um, you know, the success of this card is the Gervonta Davis effect. It's, you know, Tank Davis did this. He, he's the new guy. Um, I understand why they're doing that because they're suckling at the power teat. That gravy train is going to be what, that's their meal ticket. That's how they're going to eat over the next four or five years as Tank is the guy now, the commercial face of United States boxing. Um, so I get that. But it's very disingenuous. It's intellectually dishonest. And it's actually undermining what Ryan Garcia brought to the table here. And the reason why I feel the need to mention it is because I want to see the business of boxing be able to duplicate this success. To be able to do that, you have to pay attention to the nuances and figure out how we got here. So when I look at these two fighters, track record-wise, Ryan Garcia had never fought on pay-per-view before. Tank Davis had fought on pay-per-view, I think, five times prior. It was either four or five times before this. And Ryan Garcia, I'm sorry, um, Tank had fought American fighters, Mexican fighters, Dominican fighters, Cuban fighters, you know, all these different guys, guys from the UK. And on pay-per-view, I think it was mostly American fighters. But he had fought different demos, and he could never break through with the pay-per-views. Now, he was a proven ticket seller. Tank has sold out arenas, or if he hasn't sold them out, he's been very close to it. He's done very good, impressive gates and in, in ticket sales in multiple markets. So he broke through as a ticket seller, but he could never break through into the mainstream with the pay-per-view sales. And I've talked about this a lot. Gervonta Davis's fan base is very passionate, very, very loyal, very loud, right? But it's niche. It's a, it's a niche uh, fan base. It's not a mainstream casual fan base. That is what Ryan Garcia brought to this promotion. Ryan Garcia, if you look at his social media following, it's tens of millions of people. If you look at TikTok and Instagram and all that stuff, right? He brings tens of millions of people. And when you sell pay-per-views, it's not necessarily how proven you are that's going to sell a pay-per-view. It's how popular you are, especially in this era of media in the social media era of boxing. We're now uh, in that era, right? And what's significant about this promotion and the success of it, and the thing that everybody keeps overlooking, and I can't understand this, how, how people are just not seeing this. This is the first time in the social media era of boxing, the first time in boxing history, that a legitimate mainstream boxer built entirely on social media, which Ryan Garcia was. His brand was not built on television. It was built on social media. That's his where his fan base was built, right? This is the first time a mainstream boxer was built on social media and has been able to successfully bring that social media following, a significant portion of it, to a pay-per-view promotion that led to dollar signs that we can track. This is very significant, guys. It, it, it's a significant development in the sport of boxing. 
And it's going to have a major impact on how fighters are developed and branded and marketed and fights themselves are branded and marketed in the future. This is a copycat business. Other people are going to look at this. They're going to say, how can we duplicate this? And they're going to go to work. No one's talking about that. <laughs> We've had social media influencers, celebrity boxers, bring their popularity over to boxing when they dabbled. Uh, Jake Paul obviously is the biggest name, but there's KSI. There's several of these other dudes from TikTok, from Twitter or um, YouTube, whatever, that were able to take their big fan base and do big pay-per-view numbers, whether it's pay-per-view on you know, ESPN, Showtime, DAZN, or like YouTube or something. We've seen that, okay? But we haven't seen a real boxer do it. And say what you will about Ryan Garcia being a pretty boy and all this stuff. He came up in the amateur system. He's a legitimately schooled, regular, mainstream, legitimate boxer. Okay. He, he's the real deal in that regard. He's not Jake Paul. But there are Jake Paul parallels to what Ryan Garcia brings to the table from a commercial, promotional standpoint. And that's really being overlooked here. Tank Davis, I mentioned the five or so pay-per-views he had before. They all were around 200,000 pay-per-view buys. Some were less than that, some a little more than that, but he never cracked a quarter of a million buys. Then all of a sudden with this fight with Ryan Garcia, it breaks north of a million. So just looking at the track records and the social media followings, Ryan Garcia's social media following dwarfs Tank Davis's. Looking at the track record of the two, um, primarily Tank Davis's track record because Ryan Garcia didn't have one with pay-per-view. I think it's safe to assume that the majority of the pay-per-view sales came from Ryan Garcia. I'm not saying that to, to disrespect Tank because I think the majority of the ticket sales came from Tank because Tank, as I mentioned before, is the proven ticket seller. So you had the ticket seller, the proven ticket seller, moving the tickets, and then you had the social media star bringing in the casual mainstream fan base and exposing Gervonta Davis to that fan base for the first time. It was a perfect storm, and that's what led to this successful promotion. So, um, again, this is a significant development. It's the first time for years, guys, for years, what have we heard from the hype men in the media, uh, especially when it comes to certain fighters? They'll say, oh, well, the, the – the video clip of this guy's knockout, it trended over the weekend. You know, it was trending on Twitter. It was trending on Instagram. It didn't sell any pay-per-views, but it was trending, right? And that's, they, they always say things like that. Um, Tank's knockout of Leo Santa Cruz, some of Wilder's knockouts, be it uh, Luis Ortiz or Robert Hellanius, we'd hear their hype men in the media say things like, um, well, man, yeah, maybe the pay-per-view sales weren't big, but the trended on social media, the, the knockout trended on social media, and that that that's going to lead to dollars. Well, it hasn't. <laughs> it hasn't. Not once. It hasn't led to dollars. This time it did. This time social media popularity directly fed a pay-per-view promotion. So this is significant. What people have been telling us for years in the media about this is trending and that's trending. None of that bullshit ever led to any dollar signs that we could seriously track. Ryan Garcia's following did here. So my questions are, 
going forward for Gervonta Davis, this is the first time he was exposed again to that mainstream audience. How many of those fans can he absorb into his brand and take with him as he goes back to fighting Isaac Cruz and Mario Barrios and those kinds of guys? Because that's what they're going to do, right? He's not going to fight Devin Haney or Shakur Stevenson or Josh Taylor or Regis Progre. He's not going to fight those guys. We know this. He's going to go back to fighting those other guys. Is Gervonta Davis now going to be able to absorb some of that casual fan base that he got exposed to here? Did he perform well enough to do that? And he's going to take it with him. Can he do 500, 600, 700,000 pay-per-view buys if he does a rematch with Isaac Cruz? That's what I want to see. I want to see, can he do that? If he can, then it does change the way I would feel about this particular promotion. I would think, oh, wow, maybe a lot more of the, the fans came to buy Javante Davis. Uh, you know, Right now, it feels like a lot of the fans that bought this came from Ryan Garcia's side. I mean, again, I'm just basing that on track record in logic. Um, and numbers on social media, but um, that could change. You know, my opinion on that could change for Ryan Garcia. You know, I mentioned his brand took a hit. Can he, he still has a very popular social media following all those teeny bopper girls that love watching, you know, videos of him hitting the Cobra bag. They're not going anywhere. How many of them that bought this fight against tank will show up though and buy his next pay-per-view? Can Ryan Garcia continue to be a brand <clears throat> or is the jig up now because he lost? And not only did he lose, he lost very decisively. And as I mentioned before, a lot of fans felt that he quit, that he could have continued going and he decided to stay on the knee when he got hit with that body shot in the seventh round. So that's another big question. Can they build Ryan Garcia back up? Can they find a way to market him and his story, you know, the comeback? Can they do that and use his social media following to continue to build him and get him back into another big pay-per-view fight? Ryan's going to fight at 140. That's where he belongs, right? He'll eventually wind up at 147. But there are guys at 140 that he could fight that will make for big promotions. There are personalities there. There are good fighters there. Uh, there are eventually going to be guys currently at 135 that will probably move up to 140. So Garcia is going to have options in terms of guys he could fight. Some of those could lead to potentially big fights and, and potentially a pay-per-view level fight. Uh, maybe not on the scale of this fight against Javante Davis, but still a, a sizable fight. Can Ryan Garcia come back and, and rebuild his brand? Or is this a one and done? If it was a one and done, then here's another question. Did the business of boxing screw this up a little bit? Now, hear me out. I understand this promotion made a ton of money, tens of millions of dollars of profit. I'm not talking about revenue. I'm talking profit. These guys made a lot of money here. Both sides made a boatload of cash. So in that respect, of course they got it right. It was a freaking home run, right? Grand slam. But long term, did Ryan Garcia's side concede too much? catch weight, rehydration clause. Now we're hearing there is a mole in camp, a potential injury in camp, all these things going on. Did they bite off more than they could chew? And if so, does that mean Ryan's finished? 
does that mean there the potential of what could have been down the line? Maybe there could have been two or three pay-per-view successes like this one if they had built it the right way and developed him the right way. Or was this a cash out? Did they realize, hey, he's just not that dude. He's not that dedicated to training. He's more dedicated to be a, a social media influencer. Let's cash out now while the iron's hot. We'll make any concession we have to because we know this is going to sell and we can get a boatload of money. Everybody gets paid. Golden Boy gets covered under massive contract with him. They're in the black for, for a while now. Um, it, it could be either one. Only time will tell. But these are all questions that like, I'm not seeing any of these posts, these articles that guys are posting. No one's asking these questions. They're just salivating and masturbating over the numbers. So um, anyway, yeah, I think that's all. I'm, I'm trying to think if there's anything else I wanted to put out there related to this. Um, I, I mentioned this in the video I did last week. Um, you know, both fighters, their teams, the promotion, they all deserve tremendous credit. Again, as far as a promotion goes, they knocked this one out of the park. Want to clarify something too? I, I took a lot of heat for some of my commentary about this fight when it was signed months ago. Um, one in particular jerk off who goes after me all the time screenshot it and tweeted it out last week and it created this whole firestorm. Listen, I made the comment that the matchup between Tank Davis and Ryan Garcia in the 1990s would have been a boxing after dark level matchup. When I talked about that, I was not referring to their popularity on social media. Social media didn't exist in the 90s when Boxing After Dark was out. So obviously, you can't even make that comparison. Only a moron would. So for anyone to interpret that from my tweet just reveals their stupidity and or their dishonesty. What I was talking about clearly and obviously for anybody with half a brain was their level of accomplishment coming into this fight. Regardless of how you slice it up, okay, neither one of these guys proven against the best. Neither one of them, but especially Ryan Garcia. This was two young, undefeated American fighters, contender level. I call them contenders. That triggered people. Look, Tank is a 135 guy. Garcia is a 140 guy. The champ at 135 is Devin Haney. The champ at 140 is Josh Taylor. Those are the champions. These two guys are contenders. That's it. It's pretty easy, those semantics. Pretty easy to follow. But two young, undefeated American contenders, not proven yet against the elite, but popular, that is exactly the kind of matchup that in the 90s would have been on HBO Boxing After Dark. Everybody can, with half a brain, could recognize that. People got so upset at that and took it almost like a personal attack. Guys, all I was trying to say is the landscape of this sport has changed. The way it's marketed, the way it's branded, the way fighters are developed, and when they finally step up many times, it does go to pay-per-view like this. This was the first real test for both of these fighters. This was the first time that either one of them was in there against a guy that could really hurt them, really beat them. They had had some tests 
as they developed as prospects, contenders, Reggie belt holders. But this was the first time in their pro careers that they were in there against a guy that could really, really knock their lights out and pose a real threat. And if you want to see proof of this, just look at Gervonta Davis and his team demanding the, the stipulations on the weight that they did with Ryan Garcia. That says it all. They knew what they were in against. So anyway, um, that's that's what I meant with that, okay? I just want to clarify that for people who might be confused. Um, anyway, very successful promotion. This does change the game because this is the first time that social media influencer branding has been used to develop a real boxer and they were successfully able to translate that into literal dollars, pay-per-view buys. This has never happened before. It is significant. That, to me, is the headline here. That is the story. I'd like to talk about this more. So let me know what you guys think about this. Comment below. Um, what am I missing? What am I overlooking? What am I getting dead wrong? I I'm sure that there are things I'm totally missing here. But I just want to know. How can we duplicate this again and again and again? This worked. Whatever happened here, whatever magic came together, it worked. It worked very, very well. And for the first time in a long time, it was two American fighters. It wasn't Wilder and Fury, an American versus a British guy or something like that, right? It was two American fighters doing this. This fight was everything that Spence and Crawford should be, right? Um, including the fighter ages when they actually fought. Um, but how do we repeat this? How can we duplicate this success in the future? Let's figure that out. Let's get down to that. Let's get granular and figure this shit out. All right, guys. Hope you enjoyed this video. Make sure that uh, you click that, that thumbs up button and uh, share it on your social media feeds, all right? I'll see you guys next time. Peace.